Hi and welcome to the latest Ancient Egypt news from the third week of February. For thousands of years, the ancient Egyptians inscribed hieroglyphs on tombs, papyri and in some cases, pyramids. But when were hieroglyphs invented? Research shows that they emerged about 5,200 years ago, at around the same time another writing system, called cuneiform, was being invented in Mesopotamia. German excavations at Abydos in Egypt have revealed hieroglyphic inscriptions from around 3,200 BCE. James Allen, Professor Emeritus of Egyptology at Brown University, told Live Science in an email. Similarly, Ludwig Morenz, an Egyptology professor at the University of Bonn in Germany, also told Live Science in an email that Egyptian hieroglyphs were created around 3,300 to 3,200 BCE. Allen said, the hieroglyphic system first appears pretty much fully formed, either because its beginnings were inscribed on perishable materials that have not survived, or because it was invented by an unknown genius. Why hieroglyphs were invented is a source of debate. Mark van der Meerhoop, a history professor at Columbia University, wrote in the second edition of his book, A History of Ancient Egypt. At the time hieroglyphs were invented, Egypt was unifying into a single state and administration may have been a reason for their invention. It is logical that a state of Egypt's size and complexity required a flexible system of accounting that could keep information on the nature of goods, their quantities, provenance and destination, the people in charge of them and the date of transaction, van der Meerhoek wrote in his book. Another theory is that hieroglyphs were invented to help glorify gods and the king, van der Meerhoek wrote, noting that some early carvings showing kings contain hieroglyphs. The glorification of the king may have been one of the driving forces in the script's invention, he wrote. The Egyptians created hieroglyphs at around the same time as cuneiform was invented in Mesopotamia. Which system was invented first is a matter of debate among scholars. Allen argues that Egyptian hieroglyphs were invented first, saying that the earliest cuneiform inscriptions date around 2900 BCE. However, many scholars disagree. For instance, Orly Goldwasser, an Egyptology professor at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, wrote the cuneiform was likely developed first. Based on the evidence at hand, it seems more likely that writing was born in Mesopotamia, Goldwasser wrote in a chapter of the book Pharaoh's Land and Beyond, Ancient Egypt and its Neighbours. In either case, cuneiform and hieroglyphs are quite different, and the two systems appear to have developed independently of each other. Cuneiform and hieroglyphic are too dissimilar for one to have influenced the other directly, Allen says. Cuneiform signs represent whole words or syllables, while hieroglyphs represent words or individual consonants and don't represent vowels, Allen noted. While there was some contact between the people of Egypt and Mesopotamia, hieroglyphs were developed within the Nile Valley, Marent said. Goldwasser wrote that while the two systems are quite different, it's possible that the invention of cuneiform in Mesopotamia helped inspire Egyptians to invent hieroglyphs. The last known Egyptian hieroglyphic inscription dates to AD 394, according to the University of Memphis in Tennessee. By that point in time, other writing systems such as Coptic were being used in Egypt. Knowledge of how to read and write hieroglyphs became lost, and it wasn't until the 19th century with the decipherment of hieroglyphs that they were read once more.
The Menkari Pyramid Review Committee, the MPRC, has unanimously rejected a plan to restore the granite casing blocks scattered around the base of the smallest of the three pyramids of Giza for thousands of years onto the monument to preserve the universal and archaeological value of the site. The MPRC was formed last week per a decree issued by Minister of Tourism and Antiquities, His Excellency Ahmed Issa, to review the restoration project for the Menkare Pyramid at Giza Plateau, which was introduced by an Egyptian-Japanese archaeological team from the SCA and the Waseda University. The committee rejected the project, citing the importance of maintaining the pyramid's current state without alterations, given its exceptional universal and archaeological value. Its decision was submitted in a report to Minister Issa. It would be impossible to ascertain the exact original position of any of the casing blocks. Therefore, it is impossible to return any of them to their original location on the pyramid. Consequently, any reinstallation of the casing blocks would change the ancient original fabric and appearance of the pyramid, which would conceal important evidence of how the ancient Egyptians designed and built the pyramids. The MPRC report read. According to the report, the committee granted initial consent to carry out archaeological excavations to uncover the Menkare pyramid boat pits, akin to those discovered near the pyramids of Khufu and Khafre, contingent upon the provision of clear and detailed scientific studies to be submitted to the MPRC before the commencement of any excavations. Moreover, the MPRC declared that the search of the pyramid boat pits should not be a high priority, nor a reason for excavating the base of the Menkare pyramid. This project should state broader, more scientific reasons for undertaking such excavations. The MPRC also endorsed the scientific archaeological project proposed for studying and surveying the Menkare Pyramid, organizing the fallen granite blocks of its outer casing and conducting excavations to uncover the sloping debris around the pyramid, as well as the cleaning and organization of the site for visitation. However, the MPRC affirmed that no scientific or archaeological activities in this project should commence until the project manager presents a comprehensive research proposal, including a detailed scientific work plan for discussion by the committee, which will subsequently submit a scientific report to the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities for coordination with UNESCO and presentation to the Permanent Committee for Ancient Egyptian Antiquities. Research proposals should state the sources of funding to carry out the project and the time frame required for implementation, as well as a list of team members and resumes for each. The team should consist of skilled archaeologists experienced in the best practices of stratigraphic excavation and recording. In addition to an architectural historian with experience in ancient Egyptian architecture and restoration, and an engineer experienced in cultural heritage and restoration. Meanwhile, the project director should be employed full-time on the Menkare Pyramid project. He should not be otherwise employed or assigned other duties within the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities. The committee said that it was able to complete its work efficiently thanks to the documents provided by the Supreme Council of Antiquities, the SCA, among them the decisions taken by the Permanent Committee for Ancient Egyptian Antiquities, showing its agreement on the architectural restoration project of Menkare Pyramid, submitted by the Egyptian-Japanese archaeological team from the SCA and Waseda University. It is chaired by renowned Egyptologist and former Minister of Antiquities Zai Hawass and consists of six pioneering engineers and archaeologists from Egypt, the US, the Czech Republic and Germany. These are 
Mandu El Damati, former Minister of Antiquities and Supervisor of the Egyptology Section at the Faculty of Archaeology at Ain Shams University. Hani Halal, former Minister of Education and Professor of Engineering at the Faculty of Engineering at Cairo University. Mustafa El Khramrawi, former head of the Civil Engineering Department at Cairo University. Mark Lerner, Director and President of the Ancient Egypt Research Associates. Dietrich Rauer, Head of the German Archaeological Institute in Cairo. And Miroslav Barta, Director of the Czech Institute of Egyptology at the Faculty of Art of Charles University. And after more than two decades of restoration, the tomb of Neferhotep, the great 18th dynasty scribe of Amun, was officially opened recently. The tomb, located in the Al Koka area on Luxor's West Bank, was opened during a ceremony by Dr. Mustafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Antiquities, and Gonzalo Urio Labetia, Argentina's ambassador to Cairo. Today's opening of the tomb introduces a significant new tourist destination to the attractions of Luxor's West Bank, particularly amidst the surge of tourists to the country during the winter season, said Waziri, adding that the tomb displays beautifully painted scenes and inscriptions. Restoration of the tomb began in the year 2000. A mission from Buenos Aires University in Argentina was responsible for recording and studying the tomb's epigraphic and archaeological aspects, while a German archaeological team carried out the conservation and cleaning of the wall paintings. The project was accomplished thanks to a grant provided by the Gerda Henkel Foundation and was under the supervision of the Egyptian Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities, said Violeta Pereira, the head of the Argentinian mission. The wall paintings in the tomb were once colourful and of high artistic quality, but were severely damaged in the early 19th century. Following an extensive and careful investigation, the German team developed a non-destructive method of cleaning the fragile wall paintings using lasers, revealing the murals and the hieroglyphs. In addition, further extensive conservation measures were carried out on the wall paintings, reliefs and sculptures to stabilise loose stone fragments, cracks, detached plaster and paint layers. Mohamed Abdel Badiaye, Director of Antiquities in Upper Egypt, said that the architectural structure of the subterranean structure was arranged east to west, evoking the regeneration of the deceased and the sun's daily journey. From the courtyard, the sequence of rooms, outer passage, the vestibule, inner passage and the cult chapel culminate in a niche with three statue groups sculpted into the rock. The five burial chambers were undecorated. A staircase excavated on the south side of the chapel is the entrance to the main burial chamber. The artistic quality of its sculptures, reliefs and wall paintings attest to the high heritage value of the tomb, whose decorative program reflects the changes in funeral practices that occurred after the Amarna period, a period of religious change that saw the capital move from the north of Egypt to the south. The representation of the great temple of Amun and its domains in the tomb's chapel, as well as the royal palace in its vestibule, are outstanding scenes, showcasing the high social status of the tomb's owner. And that's it for this week. This news podcast is brought to you by Ted Lauks and GNT Tours. For information on our December tour, please visit our website at gnttours.co.za. There's a link in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook, X or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please feel free to comment and share. Until next time, thanks again. Cheers. Bye-bye.